Hello and welcome to episode number 319 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? The time has come bro, the time has come. It has, we've got a lot of big things to look forward to in the coming weeks and months. Um, this and I really didn't even is... know what I was referencing when I said mm-hmm. that, to be honest, because it's just carnage right now. <laughs> I was going to say, you can say that on most given weeks recently, um, and, it would be, and it would be fitting, but yeah, this is a very special one that we've been looking forward to, um, and yeah, there's still so many movies to look forward to. I'm going to do another sort of mini preview at the end of the show, really, just to remind people, because there's still seven movies on the horizon that I'm looking forward yeah. to, um, that are all coming either in october or november um which is really unprecedented for the show and it's so so awesome but yeah we have the big one for us or one we've been looking forward to for a while uh turn of hellraiser kind of it's been a long time coming not the first hellraiser movie that we've covered for the show sadly um yeah let's not go there let's not go there yeah the 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 more sort of forgotten about judgment the better um but yeah, and we've also got the return of Chucky season two. Oh, um, so yeah, like two of our sort of favorites, really, especially Chucky. Obviously, we've we've covered um, a lot of Chucky. Obviously, being at the world premiere of the last movie, um, absolutely loving the transition to TV last year as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, all good stuff to talk about shortly. Um, but yeah, kicking things off with the news. Um, this first one's just a nice little update. Um, really, kind of it, Love it's a nice little update. Yeah, it's, it's something to, to so we can stress about it less, which is always nice, which is um, Pearl, the kind of forgotten movie, I guess, in this country right yeah, now. Yeah, I've heard of that movie. Um, yeah, a movie that we're probably like dying to see more than anyone, really. And um, so this is all American-based news, because it seems like this movie only exists in America. Um, but luckily, it does affect us, because there is a digital date, um, which means that, yeah, we can get to watch it. So um, this is coming to Blu-ray and DVD and digital. Uh, november 15th um which is fine by me that's that's perfectly in line really with like we've already got our next sort of six weeks planned um mm-hmm. and it'll be lovely to be like oh and now pearl is out obviously who knows with these things like maybe they'll just randomly put it in the cinema but i'm not holding out hope at this point um but the fact that we will this all but guarantees um that we will see it this year which was the main thing I wanted to do, you know, as we've discussed before, like I have the hype for the movie. I really want to see it, but also just the very idea of I like, we've really got to see two movies released by a director in the same calendar year outside of like fair street, I guess was the only other one. Um, and so to see that anyway, but the fact that X is already such a strong, like one of our favorite movies of the year, it's just very, very exciting that we get to see another movie set in that world. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get to see that. Like I say, we've still got plenty of movies to look forward to before then, so it's nice. It's not like we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs, filling the next five weeks before we can see Pearl. Like we have plenty to discuss before then, which is great. Um But yeah, moving on to some trailers. Um we've had a lot of trailers recently. Um that have all been pretty great, really. Like we've enjoyed a lot. Obviously, we talked a lot about The Last of Us, still thinking about that a lot of the time. Um it's in my like, thoughts. Yeah, like I, it annoys me because now I really want to replay the game again. Um, mm, yeah, I know. I want to get that. I want to get that 4K. Yeah, like I've not. I'm trying to think when I. I obviously played it at launch on PS3 and I played remastered on PS4, but I feel like that was 
probably 2017 uh, at the latest maybe 2018 so it's been four or five years and it will be at least five years by the time the show comes out and so even though i am very familiar with the story like i want to know it scene by scene because i really want to see how much of it is a direct comparison because it seems like it's very directly linked to the game um so and the fact that yeah they've already just done this part one remake on ps5 it just seems like oh well i may as well play it for a third time on a third different platform um so i'm sure i'll do that at some point i'm definitely going to wait until the show gets dated um because even though it feels like it's going to be very early next year we still don't actually have a date for it um i'm going to wait until the 10 year old game isn't mad expensive on the ps5 which might be a while yeah, I was gonna say I couldn't. Yeah, I looked up like this week, and it's still like seventy quid, which is mind blowing. Like, yeah, and, and this is like this. I know this is a side tangent or whatever, but yeah, Sony have just been out of control with their video game prices so far uh, this generation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, but yeah, some trailers, kind of both of these movies actually um, have been mentioned before on this very podcast. Um, so this first one is out this year in fact december 2nd um a movie called violent night uh which was in your upcoming horror movies at the start of this year um being the christmas movie in there the little little kappa exactly you know we talked about um bones and all kind of coming out in november and that potentially being our last theater outing but this seems like it will be and and the thing that surprises me and obviously we'll talk about the trailer now as well is when you discussed this and we saw like the image and the title and everything i thought this was just a very small film Mm -hmm. um but kind of seeing the trailer i'm like oh no this is clearly a big film um (laughs) big enough for the cinema in fact um but yeah, it's David Harbour playing Santa Claus. Um, what did you make of this trailer? I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Christ, yeah. It, I'm like, is David Harbour trying to become the new Bruce Campbell? Is that... <laughs> like, when does that happen? He's trying something. I don't know what he's yeah. trying, but he's definitely trying. He's trying. Um, yeah, the trailer is absolutely bonkers. Um, I, di- I don't know what I was expecting going into the trailer. <laughs> But but yeah, it was it was batshit crazy. I think um, you know it's kind of like Die Hard mixed with like a horror movie, mixed with a Christmas movie, mixed with a comedy with David Harbour's Father Christmas. Yeah. What 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 more do you need? Yeah, definitely. Like I I really enjoyed the trailer. I think that um, I'll get to David in a minute, but kind of a lot of it just felt like um a very typical i guess um setup you know of just like a, oh it's this sort of pg level christmas thriller where it'd be like the bad guys you know like home alone not even like the early ones but maybe the later ones where um you know that aren't yeah. obviously good um and so kind of those very cheaply made like oh yeah it's a fun romp where the kids will take down the bad guys and that's the end of it whereas it looks like that but then this is this movie's kind of unique selling point is the fact that santa claus is in it and and it is played by david harbour and i just love what they're they're doing with it like there's so much potential for great comedy i love that it seems like everyone just thinks he's just a dude in a santa costume um which is great aside from like the children who actually know it's santa claus and so that is i hope that's maintained throughout the entire film um or at least the majority of it because i think that's such a fun setup um and so yeah and i I like that it kind of gives him this in with the kids and like the adults aren't aware of who he really is but yeah it just i'm so down for this this is the exactly yeah it does you know with obviously with the title but like with with the when when the trailer started i was like oh this is really pg family 
you know, like you say, yeah. Home Alone almost. Like it's like it's kind of violent, but it's slapstick violent. Like, yeah. Um, and and then and then suddenly he he shoves like a like I don't know. It was like some sort of ninja star on someone's head or something, wasn't it? <laughs> was like, oh yeah. no, okay, you're going there. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's going to make a big difference. So, yeah, it's yeah. I'm looking forward to it, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, another trailer that came out in this last week. Like, I was worried this movie was kind of getting forgotten about because we... Mm-hmm. I remember putting this in the news when it got announced, which, man, it was at least two, maybe three years ago. Um, yeah, I which didn't was, know. Yeah, did you remember when we talked about it? Um, because like, it was... It was literally just a title, which is Megan, sort of stylized with a free as the e, as the e, um, and it was yeah produced by James Wan, starring Alison Williams, and we basically knew it was about this like rogue AI doll companion, and that was it. And yeah, it got dated a long time ago, and we never really heard about it. But yeah, the trailer has come out in the last week, and. Um, Again, very surprised. I really enjoyed this trailer. I think immediately off the bat, it's, it gets so many things that I didn't like about the Annabelle films correct, mm-hmm. um, which is that with the Annabelle films, you can never show anything because it's just a stationary doll. Whereas the fact that this thing is walking and talking and doing all manner of crazy shit in the trailer um, is cool, but it's so unsettling. I think they really nailed the fact that get it as like close to human-like as possible, but it just is just off especially the eyes and it's it's so unsettling um and it looks like it has quirky moments there's like malignant all over this trailer which i was surprised um it really reminded me a lot of that more so than actually annabelle in terms of like the action set pieces and stuff which gives me hope but yeah i'm i'm totally down for this the the only caveat i guess is that i think allison williams is brilliant but every time i see her now i can't trust her i'm like you're fucking evil like just she did too good of a job in get out and it was the same when we saw her section where i was like i'm just waiting for that heel turn that didn't come and so i'm watching this and she's supposed to be this like sweet i don't know if she's like an aunt or something it's clearly Mm -hmm. not her child that she's raising um but she's like a nice parental figure and i'm like oh something bad's gonna happen i just know it you're just evil um and i know that's not probably gonna Mm -hmm. be the case but she just did such a good job of tricking us the first time um but what did you make of this trailer I don't like it, man. Like that, that <laughs> fucking doll is too too creepy. It's really creepy, like it. isn't it? I I'm glad you got it as well because I was like, I wonder if this will no, vibe with certain people. But I found it super unsettling, yeah. more so than any other doll I've seen in the film. One hundred percent. Like the Annabelle doll looks creepy, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of. But yeah, you just kind of like punch it in the face, Dark. and it doesn't move. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, as a jump scare, the Annabelle doll's creepy. But this this goddamn doll, like it's just it like you say it's the uncanny valley of it where it's like mm. you're kind of human but you're kind of a doll and you, you you're not a doll but you're not human like what are you <laughs> like you, you shouldn't exist yeah that I, moment I, when the tone switched at the dinner table was so yeah. good in the trailer i was like oh we're gonna get so many there, cool there was, moments like that it was like that and and when it kind of like went like all malignant when it's chased after mm. someone <laughs> it was like why would i why would i use two legs when i have four like limbs <laughs> but no no that's not how that's not how humans move megan like <laughs> stop that shit right now um so yeah i think you know, th- I think that's the thing that, like you say, with Annabelle, it misses so much. And with Chucky, it works so well because, mm. um, you know, when Chucky turns and says and like breaks, breaks that kind of, you know, uh, image that he is a doll, for, like when that happens in those movies, it's fantastic. But that can only happen like once uh, to each character. 
Whereas mm. obviously with this, like I feel like her interactions could just be sinister, but then like, you know, switch back or whatever. So um yeah, I think this one could be pretty fun, but but um I don't want to watch it because the doll's too terrifying. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. It's yet another movie kind of kicking off the year. This one's for January thirteenth. Um mm. might even be the first movie we see next year, hopefully. Um but yeah, it's great. Like um yeah, it's always good to see these new horror stuff. This was one that like immediately grabbed my attention. Like, you know, you're talking modern technology and horror, that immediately is something that I'm into. But yeah, this trailer was was very, very good. So yeah, looking forward to this one. Um Indeed. This next one's just a nice little update, but it's it's strange, um, which is that we already have uh, kind of one M. Night movie on the horizon, which we've talked about recently Come with on, the trailer. <laughs> so, uh, Universal have uh, dated the next one, um, yeah. which... This isn't too surprising because they didn't they did kind of sign him up to this crazy deal to put out a certain amount of movies in a certain amount of time um but it is weird because yeah it's April 2024 um obviously knock at the cabin is currently scheduled for February next year so just over a year apart um I guess it's worth noting that obviously, like, so this is with sort of Universal was when he joined forces with them for the visit. And it's really when he kind of turned his career around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his last four movies so far have been with Universal, obviously starting with the visit, then split glass and old and then knock at the cabin. Um, but it is curious that obviously kind of split and glass kind of tied that trilogy together with Unbreakable. Then old was based upon, you know, another story. I think it was a graphic novel. And now knock at the cabin is based upon a novel. And so he's clearly able to, like, make these movies a hell of a lot quicker when they're not completely original IPs. Mm, Um, And so that speaks to me. That's like so guaranteed. I would say the one thing that is interesting is because it's so close to it. Is this another split glass situation? Is this going to be a quasi sequel to Knock at the Cabin? I don't know, but that is interesting to me that they've already dated it ahead of this this other movie. It's strange, Um, isn't it? yeah for sure but yeah it's always a good thing like i think it's a good partnership like say i'm I'm happy that all these movies have been good so far and, mm. and obviously we don't really care about this this unknown quantity right now we, we've got a nice juicy new film to look forward to so uh yeah we're, we're still looking forward to knock at the cabin um and then yeah this last one kind of uh it's always nice to talk about a little bit of box office on the podcast um and it's been a very slow year in general um not just for horror kind of i pulled this from box office mojo um because i'd seen talks that smile was doing well and so i wanted to kind of directly see that and compare to other movies this year um which it has done but it's kind of interesting the article they frame it as saying um another lousy weekend at the total box office just 59 uh, 57 million dollars the 11th week in a row under 100 million and the seventh in a row under 65 obviously this is a u.s box office um and talking about this is the worst stretch in well over a year um so it is interesting that yeah we haven't had the big horror movies but just in general it's been a slow two to three months at the cinema Mm. um they talk about the fact that Halloween ends and Black Adam are kind of the next two big movies that should hopefully like reignite the box office. But yeah, it's been a quiet, quiet year on that front. But however, Smile has been a success. Um, they talk about as bad as the the box office has been, there have been a few glittery high points that shows audiences are eager to show up if the content is there. And the best example of that over the past two weeks is Smile. Um, 
it opened to 22 and a half million sort of on its first week and it's followed it up with a phenomenal 17 and a half winning the weekend again and only dropping 22 percent now that is exceptional almost every movie drops 50 percent on the second mm. weekend um this is the, by far the best for a horror movie and it's the best since uh i think it was us they said um you know for a second weekend of a horror movie um so obviously you're talking a shit ton of big horror movies since then that have not yeah, done as well crazy. um and then yeah it's kind of already made 50 million in the states um it was it's already tracking ahead of black phone um which made slightly less than that and that ended at 90 million in the states so that's a very good sign um and so yeah kind of overall um it's made just under 89 million currently sort of worldwide um on a 17 million dollar budget which is exceptional um and like we mentioned with black phone and these other movies i i think this is not a matter of if when it comes to a sequel but when um this is a hugely profitable horror movie there is massive horror franchise potential i think in this movie as well um so i think it's only a matter of time the the interesting caveat as well is this was originally going to be a paramount plus title um but it only got the cinema sort of go ahead after a strong uh, response from test screenings um which turns out to be obviously a massively good decision from paramount now because this movie's made Mm. so much more money i mean there's literally this is probably going to make a hundred million dollars and it's like the fact that that just wasn't going to be a thing you know it's very difficult to gauge the success of these streaming service movies as we'll kind of get to with with this week movie which is only available on streaming services or one streaming service in america um whereas i like these movies that actually have the raw data when you can really look at it because yeah this year there's only really been three movies prior to this worth talking about which is nope which made 170 the black phone that made 160 and then scream that made 140 um and obviously we, we talked a lot about those scream already has a sequel coming in next year black phone there's already been talks of a sequel um i think nope is a sort of different thing because it had a ridiculously large budget and obviously jordan peele kind of just does what he wants anyway yeah um but yeah good good for smile and it's a good film as well it's a it's a new original horror horror obviously we talked about it last week and we both had a really good time with it and i think now with it coming into a slow season with only really halloween as contention like people are going to still see this this is still going to make money and people should see it it's a very fun horror film as well so i think this will have a tech like it'll it'll dip for a few weeks but then closer to halloween for that sort of 10 day period it will definitely get an uptick again so good on them like they the marketing strategy definitely paid off and and i'm glad because it's a good film as well more importantly um but yeah it's always nice to talk about horror in the box office is a good thing especially like say in a slow year um Mm. where just in general it's been not a good year for box office so it's like you could look at horror and say oh it's been a poor year for horror but it's been a poor year for just films making money in general um you know top gun is like by far the biggest hit this year at one and a half billion and then nothing else has even really come close to it um which is weird when you think about like marvel haven't really hit the heights like they usually do and just disney in general as well like no you know star wars or anything like that um I guess this yeah, is the world isn't it? With the streaming platforms, like they want think, you, they yeah. would rather you sign up to Disney Plus, wouldn't they? I think that's the thing. And like, even with you know, like you talk about the big hitters like Marvel and stuff, they get on Disney Plus so quick these days. Mm, yeah, they really do. Like, unless you really love going to the cinema, you can you can get it pretty quickly. And the fact that it's like such a contest to like keep up with what they've got on. TV, you know, Disney Plus originals and then kind of the cinema slash Disney Plus things. Like, I can see why some people are like, do you know what? Like, I don't need to see Doctor Strange at the cinema. Like, I know it's going to come out in a couple of months. 
etc and let alone mm. these like lesser known marvel movies yeah. um so, so yeah like uh you know it, it does make sense i mean it'll be really interesting to see what avatar does at the end of the year yeah massively like that is such an interesting one um yeah i'm gonna keep close eye on that because i i love this conversation we've had kind of since the beginning of covid and seeing what is the future of film again as we mentioned time and time again this matters to you if you like films um just in general like i don't want to have to explain it all again but it all stems from box office at the end of the day and so and even with the rise of these streaming platforms it is interesting to see like what is going to happen and last year it showed that people desperately did still want to go to the big screen um mm. 2021 was a good year for the box office this year not so much but it seems like the movies just haven't been in there which is probably a hangover yeah. from the production issues of covid um so it'd be interesting to see if 2023 kind of has any big heavy hitters like marvel slate is very cold next year so i'm curious what if there's going to be like is dc going to come back with a bang obviously they've now got black adam coming out soon but yeah it'll be interesting to see really um because yeah, I always want to see the box office doing well, regardless. Um, but yeah, yeah. Rather than the actual opposite end of the spectrum, shall we talk about a, uh, a movie that came on a streaming platform this week? Oh, let's do it. Let's talk about Hellraiser. So yeah, Hellraiser, released in uh, 1987. Um, yeah, I know what movie I watched this week. I watched Hellraiser. <laughs> what did you watch? I watched Hellraiser, mate. <laughs> this isn't confusing. <laughs> I, I had a good time. <laughs> it was based uh, upon Hellbound Heart, kind of. Yeah, Clive Barker's Hell, Hellbound Heart, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Clyde Barker's name was on this in some capacity. <laughs> it is yeah. funny, actually, that well, that is one of the main credits for this film, says based upon the Hellbound Heart. So weird. I'm kind of like, but, but how? Yeah, it's I mean, not. let's just start with that, because obviously we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah, because we've talked about it in the news, yeah. and I have already been impassioned with my annoyance about certain defenses um you know people literally defended a movie which they hadn't even seen which is already asinine but the fact that people were constantly saying you know oh this is the closest it's ever been to the source material blah 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 and it's like having now read the novella seen the original movie and seen this film it's if you still have that opinion it's preposterous isn't it it's absolutely preposterous this is just a brand new movie and i don't know why they've ever even tied it to the to the original novella another take on hellraiser that's all it is and Mm. and we'll we'll talk about whether that's good bad or ugly but yeah it is it is disgusting that they kind of use that tool for it but i don't want to get stuck on it because it is frustrating because yeah the the man that wrote the book made the movie so like (laughs) case closed like one of the best adaptations of a book ever yeah because he wrote the book exactly (laughs) and it was a film and he was like yeah i know i know how to get this story on the i may not know how to make films turns out he fucking does um but he knows how to get his vision onto the screen that's for sure like that's the one thing this isn't the shining i think that's the biggest thing to kind of get out there is like people trying to equate this to something that it's not um which is just weird because yeah this is just a new take on hellraiser 
you know and that and that's yeah. what it should have always been from the start so the the fact that i am now looking at these credits and they still sneak it in there of like based on the hellbound heart i'm just like please explain how like truly how where's julia where's frank i don't i don't see any of these characters um exactly but but yeah, you know this this kind of you know modern take you know reimagining of Hellraiser, whatever we want to call it, kind of Hellraiser twenty two um, is kind of you know very very focused on the puzzle box. We we kind of um, join kind of I'm trying to think exactly how it opened now. Like we we it's, get to it's see a really random scene which I can't yeah. even remember it's has like any relevance. Party. It's like a party. And nope, the there's part- a scene before. Fuck, really? Yeah, it literally cut. It starts and we're in somewhere in Europe, like Bulgaria oh, or somewhere. <laughs> I don't even remember what else happened other than I remember seeing on the screen. <laughs> what's that what's your fancy <laughs> yeah like because it i can't even remember what happens it literally says something like bulgaria it's, or it's something just getting the puzzle box isn't it and, and they're like oh for Poland, is that what it is yeah because yeah. then it cuts to the scene you're referring to which is the proper opening for the movie but it yeah. is bizarre yeah and we basically find out there that the the puzzle box in this um in this movie is very much uh changing box well not even a change in box a change in shape and and it will mm. change form and there's kind of um each form of the box kind of represents a different kind of terror and a different meaning which we get into later on in the movie um and yeah kind of once we kind of see that kind of take place in this opening scene we get, we get introduced to our main character riley who is this kind of recovering addict who has got this new boyfriend and he basically says to her, uh, I've got this quick, get rich quick kind of scheme where I'm a delivery guy for a crazy rich dude. And why don't we just steal one of his shipments? Because screw this crazy rich dude, right? Um, and so they kind of break into the shipment to steal all the treasures that are inside, only to find there's just a little wooden box with some weird symbols on in the uh, shipment. And um, inevitably, Riley takes the box and fucks with it and unleashes some Cenobites, maybe a hell priest or two. Um, and yeah, kind of the rest of the movie is is Riley's kind of journey into the different phases of the puzzle box, trying to get away from the Cenobites and uh, Hellraiser goodness. I mean, I cannot keep talking about it until the question gets asked and answered uh is it the best hellraiser movie in 30 years oh i'm so glad you beat me to it um because i was already ready to ask you that same question um <laughs> because yeah, it's a I... question we've been asking for 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 weeks now you know we've mm. we've we've loved hellraiser for over 30 years because of two movies and we've watched 12 Hellraiser movies or however many there are. <laughs> I think this is the 11th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll keep this brief because then I want to immediately go to you to answer the same question. For me, um, is this the best Hellraiser movie of the last 30 years? Um, the answer is yes. Um, there is an extreme amount of caveats with that. Um, there's, however, there's, there's also a very low bar. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we're obviously talking about this in jest because we both agree that Hellraiser Three was the last good Hellraiser film, mm-hmm. um, and I do think this is good. Um, I have a lot more to say about the movie, but what do do you? What is what is your answer to the same question? 
I think so. I think yes. I <laughs> I think it like yeah, if I was to rank the Hellraiser movies, I'd be like, is Hellraiser three third or is this third? I think mm. Hellraiser three would still be third. Yeah. Um but but I think this would be close to it and therefore the best and things with a ranking. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we do a? Shall we do a Hellraiser ranking? It's shall pretty we? fucking easy. Like um, it's we're only we're only ranking the top four. <laughs> yeah. So what we do is it's just Hellraiser one, two, three, Hellraiser twenty two, all of the rest. Just choose a fucking order. No one cares. That is exactly no, I completely. Agree. That's it. That's no, that's over. The ranking's over. I don't lie. Bloodline four, uh, and then and then everyone can fuck off. Yeah, I'll just defer to you on that one. I, could, I don't have any energy to fight the placements of the rest of those Hellraiser <laughs> films. I really don't. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. No, that's not going to be the next ring. Or are you a Hellworld? Oh, God. I'm, it, it, I'm glad we've started with this, which is to really <laughs> kind of knuckle down on Hellraiser being so shit for so long um because that's where we're at right now and so i think that it was the similar with texas chainsaw massacre earlier this year for me which um you know i i do think this is a way better film than that um however that was the first time i've enjoyed a chainsaw movie for god knows how long and and it gave me fun leatherface which is all i really want and i'm not a big you know i love the original movie but i definitely am not a fan of the franchise of texas chainsaw massacre mm. um whereas obviously there are multiple installments like i really like the trilogy of hellraiser movies and i've always wanted there to be more um but yeah i mean i guess we're just gonna go straight into it like yeah, this I mean, movie this... was a journey. Yeah, it's like, like... it's a backwards and forwards, isn't it? There, there are you know, there there, are, there aren't a lot of movies that would have such a pros and cons list that this movie would have for me. Where... Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly. The same. There's things about this that I adore, and there's things about this that I think are some of the worst things we've seen this year. <laughs> yeah, you know, our, our lead character to start with is a terrible yeah, lead let's, character. Let's, let's start with the elephant in the room, yeah. um, which is the, the fact that had we not seen Dashcam, which has I think the worst protagonist in a film I've ever seen, um, yeah. Riley is right up there and is an extremely close second place. Second best. Um, she is. Yeah. Un- in every single scene i i really am annoyed that they did this because we'll get to the stuff that i think is so good especially in the last uh in the second half of the movie but like i don't know why you would purposely do this i i don't see in what planet they think this was a good character or performance i think both are so shit like on paper riley is uh self you know she's entitled self-absorbed she's rude um the way she treats her brother who she's just leeching off um is pathetic and then like oh second there might be an issue with him oh no suddenly i care about my family and it's like well it's a bit too late for that and just throughout the entire movie there's nothing to latch on to whatsoever in this character there isn't a single moment i have of, of empathy or anything in this entire film to do with riley other than just discontent and hate where i'm like i wish you weren't in this film because you're actively making this film worse for me um i really can't speak enough about how shit this character was is is this how bad you feel or no yeah i'm i mean yeah i'm exactly the same like she just she's infuriating to watch she's infuriating to to exist in this Hellraiser movie, that that by and large, because I don't want to start too negative. By and large, I enjoyed a lot of this. We'll, we'll get out um, of the way. Yeah, and I think um, 
it is a shame because I think, you know, when you look at the the great characters, you know, the great non-Cenobite characters that we have in Hellraiser movies, that's why we love those movies. And it's like, well, if you're going to strip away Hellraiser and make it make a new Hellraiser movie, you've got to have a really good protagonist. You know, you've got to have mm. someone that you can root behind. You know, Kirsty, we could all get, you know, get behind and root for. And I think, you know, you, you just, you look at Riley and just, yeah, she has no redeemable qualities. She's not likable. I can't even gauge the performance, like, because her character just sucks. Like, I don't know if there's a possible way that any actress could be in that role and make me like her. But, but yeah, I, I was but trying, I, like, I was trying to think of that as well, where yeah. I was like, I know this character sucks, and I'm really not liking this performance. And I was trying to think the only the closest thing I could equate it to was uh, Jane Levy's characters in both Evil Dead and Don't Breathe, which yes, they do. Like, for example, Don't Breathe is like, okay, well, she's a robber. She's robbing this blind dude, but she has a motive. She has a daughter, that, or not a daughter, you know, a sibling that she's yeah. trying to rescue. She has abusive parents. Like, there's there's good character traits written into that, which Riley doesn't have. However, Jane adds a, a level of sympathy and likability to the screen that you immediately want to root for her in both those films. Similarly, in Evil so, Dead, she's it's... a addict, similar to Riley. Also, it's how the characters are written, though. You know, yeah, you, I think it's... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I just think I think she was just terribly written where because it was just like, she's an addict, she's going to be a piece of shit, she's going to be with another addict, she's going to, you know, she's just going to do all of these stereotypical things, and it just it just wasn't very well written on the on the page. So yeah, you know, she was annoying, and to be honest, every character in the movie that that is a normal human being was annoying in this movie. There wasn't there wasn't really anyone I latched onto where I was like, oh, okay, I'm rooting for you. Like, they they all kind of sucked. Um, yeah, they're, they're really less annoying because they're on screen less than Riley. Yeah, but I agree and, with you. They're all less annoying than Riley, but they're all still very annoying. Yeah, like that core five or whatever. They they're all like you say they're all shit. And like it's the one another thing that popped into my head watching the movie, which was just so frustrating was i kept thinking about david's last film that we saw last year mm. in the house and and obviously he talked about wanting to do hellraiser and so many ideas that were in that film that clearly he wanted to put into a hellraiser movie and i got really frustrated because i kept thinking man if that lead character and that lead performance from from uh, rebecca hall was in this film yeah. it would just be a fucking game changer like it's it's the perfect setup to a hellraiser movie as well you have a husband who's just died from mysterious circumstances and you find the puzzle box and that's the setup and it's a it's the mystery and unraveling and all of that stuff and <laughs> and like i say he he clearly did that intentionally because he literally talked about it with all the puzzles in the house and everything and, and you see a lot of that in this film but yeah. i couldn't help but think like oh he just burned this amazing yeah. yeah and to quickly rewrite it and for someone i mean i don't i don't even know actually i should look up did he write this um no this was two other yeah, writers write but it. it's just bizarre to me that it's right there in front of you he knew how to make a really sympathetic like i love that character in a movie that i didn't enjoy you know as much as other people um but i love that character and i still think about how awesome that character was and how much i cared about her throughout her journey and so i think man if i would have cared about riley as much as i cared about that character i would have been saying some ridiculous things about this movie um because i think outside of that this movie like 
a lot of the first half isn't great um, because it's centered around Riley. Her journey is uninteresting, and we're getting these little trickles of cool stuff. But I think but that's they, the other thing. They are it, trickles. Is each time we get her kind of going to the next stage of the puzzle box and someone, you know, I quite, I quite enjoyed the fact that the puzzle box was so integral yeah. and how every time it's solved, it kind of creates like a little dagger or, or a sharp mm. bit comes out of it. And then basically it takes blood from its victim to then um, unleash the Cenobites. And, and I, I thought that was really cool. And then obviously each time it then changes form to the next stage and kind of, that that was great, but then the problem was it was like right, okay. Puzzle box got you know opened. Someone got stabbed. Cenobites. Let's go. Cut to the next scene. That person's dead. I'm like, what? Mm. Like we, we maybe saw a Cenobite like flash for like two seconds in the first like 45 minutes of the movie, and and that was was very frustrating. I think for a movie that has shown so much of the Cenobites in the lead-up to this movie, to mm. then be like, oh, this movie's two hours long and you're not going to actually see Cenobites properly for, like, well over an hour of this movie um, is strange. Um, because I'm I'm the same as you. Like, the second she gets to the house and they start to get, like, all 13 ghosts with this fucking house, like, mechanically, rooms changing, kind of locked, down and, and all these different things and then the Cenobites show up I, I really enjoyed the movie and I really enjoyed the kind of finale um, I think the, the Cenobites were strange for me where I'm like they're so different mm. to what like you know I'm like I'm, I'm not talking about you know I'm, I'm, I'm skipping like eight Hellraiser movies I'm talking about like <laughs> you know j- just Hellraiser 1 and 2 to this like, you know, the these are so, like, post-mortem, kind of dry, you know, kind of looking Cenobites, whereas, whereas like, the originals were so, for lack of a better word, moist and <laughs> dripping. And yeah. I, it, do you know what I mean? Like, it was, there was something about, like, both choices where I can kind of see it works for a Cenobite. That like I, I prefer the visuals in the first one, but this does make a lot of sense that these Cenobites have been tortured for so long. Yeah, it, you know, it's very surgical and it's very kind of artistic in the way that their bodies are. Whereas, um, you know, that's not what we're we're necessarily used to. But it but it does make sense. You know, if you're a fan of the Hellbound Heart, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Sorry, <laughs> I won't do that anymore. Um, but but yeah, it, you know. I don't, I don't think I, it, it was a weird one while watching it where I was like, I don't want to like, not like the Cenobites, but likewise, they're not the Cenobites that I love, that, that I know and love, but I know they're never going to be, but the, but it's very different, isn't it? The way they look. Yeah, it was an interesting choice because, um, like you say, they are very different. They've kind of the biggest change for me was that the step away from the kind of BDSM look, mm. and there isn't leather or anything, and they've really adapted it as more of like a body modification. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's pinned back and it's it's tight skin to make that same look, which I wasn't expecting. Um, which definitely takes some getting used to, but I think the Cenobites for the most part are great. Like, especially, I mean, just to get to now, you know, when they get to the mansion, um, I loved 
everything from that point on mm-hmm. um to me it's like a different film like to, to talk about the first half and my frustrations with riley but then the second the movie kind of purposely forgets about her and reintroduces another character um and then becomes about the cenobites and about the puzzle box um about this house and this contraption like i just thought it all worked really well i think the um the hell priest is definitely the standout and you can kind of tell the it was the thing they put the most time into. I think they kind of knew, like, okay, we need to get this right. And and that's my only downside, I guess, with the other uh, Cenobites, is they clearly didn't have as much love as, and as attention as the Hell Priest did. That one I think that they... was just a scalpeled face. <laughs> it was just like a leather face, like, peeled-off face still walking mm. around with a punch to the body. There was no skull or anything. I, I like that one. Yeah, that was really cool. Like Some of them are really cool. It's just mm. they don't, like, Hell Priest has such a presence. And, mm. and they're clearly there at the front and center. They care about every time they're on screen, how they look, the way the voice is portrayed, and all of that stuff. And I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was very much in line with what I expected from the character, but a different taste, a different flavor. But it really worked. Um, to go back to the puzzle box stuff, I think this is probably the best the puzzle box has ever been. Like... Mm all of the lore is amazing like you say the fact that it has these specific stages that it goes through and then there's a there's an end goal like one of my biggest frustrations with a lot of these different sequels or adaptations is that the main crux of hellraiser is sexual desire like that's the entire mm-hmm. point of it and i actually like like initially i was frustrated where i was like oh this is now just a uh, um a mystery film i guess where she's trying to track down someone who's gone missing um so the fact that it wasn't that but then actually when they explain the law of this puzzle box there are many different reasons why one uses this puzzle box and sexual desire is just one of those things and so i actually think that's a cool new take to not step on the toes of the original so much because we saw that story done so well Mm. and so i think this is one of the examples of them actually doing it really great where i'm like no this feels fresh but also staying true to what i think about this puzzle box i'm like oh yeah it's not just that you could want immortality power fame like all of these different things it really is just whatever your heart desires well it's kind of it's kind of from one perspective before haven't we definitely and i think that kind of makes a lot of sense as well why the cenobites look so different they're like Mm. oh yeah we'll send the bdsm guys over to frank like it'll, it'll fucking lap them up yeah. Like, but but with these it's like oh yeah no these ones are you know for for this kind of you know desire and and, and yeah it kind of makes you feel like this world of hellraiser could you know could, could exist where they, they could both be in the same world yeah um, which is so cool in like fleshing it out and i, I think yeah. all of that stuff the actual law with the puzzle box made so much sense that, that just it's hard to you know we might have to talk spoilers because there's just so much in the finale stuff which i think is the most interesting stuff in the whole film mm-hmm. but like it that's why this movie as a as a whole was like a journey because there was a, a time about 30 minutes in where i kind of paused it and took a break because i was so frustrated um and and when it ended i didn't want it to end the the final scene going into the credits i was disappointed actively disappointed that the movie was over because i was having such a good time um and i immediately wanted to rewatch the back half of the movie again i I was was exactly the same 
too soon because I want to just skip all the nonsense and just watch all because the good shit I don't I really don't want to gloss over it's so good like this really is exactly what I want from the puzzle box from the Cenobites the the kills the torture sequences like say all of this stuff with the house and even the house is is more than what I could have hoped for definitely the house was such a cool addition to like the Hellraiser world where it's like you know yeah having you know if you've not seen the movie this house is basically you know very similar to like 13 ghosts where it's designed Mm. with the symbolism behind the um behind the puzzle box where the cenobites can they have to abide by the rules so they can't just travel freely and and they can be trapped etc or they can be kind of kept out and and so that kind of added this whole new element where it's like yeah the cenobites are like you know gonna fuck you up but you you can kind of use the house to to get away from them a bit Mm. and and i think that just made it really good because it's kind of like you know in in some of these you know hellraiser movies it's like well why why aren't they just killing you why are they why are they kind of playing with you and and then you know it's kind of like oh they play with you until the end and then you survive and it's like come on guys like you suck at times whereas this is this kind of made sense where they're like oh no they they they're coming for you but the the house is another obstacle in the way and, and another tool for kind of all different characters to be manipulative so yeah, definitely. I, I did i did enjoy like having this new element to the hellraiser lore yeah i think all of that stuff they really that that is the stuff that feels like it was thought you know a lot of like that's why this is just such a mixed bag of a, of a script i guess where the the level of thought and care that has gone into the very niche and hardcore Hellraiser stuff seems to me done very well. I'm you know as a Hellraiser fan, I'm very thrilled with how they handled the puzzle box, the Cenobites, the Hell Priest, all that stuff, um, as well as the gore and the visuals. But I just it's weird that then they're like, okay, now it's the it's the thing that they always tripped up on for a while, which is with the other sequels but they didn't get the other stuff as well because they were just like oh we'll just wheel out doug bradley again and that'll be enough to pop the fans because pinhead's here whereas this was like oh no we put a lot of thought and care into these other things but then you forget that the movie needs to have these good protagonists and riley sucks but then yeah like trevor is awful her boyfriend and Mm. kind of it was to me it was so obvious within the first three minutes of the movie there was going to be this like dumb reveal later on in the movie like it was just so obvious because it was just there in front of you um and so when we get that said reveal i'm like just yawning where i'm like oh my god it's taken them an hour and 20 minutes to get to this extremely obvious reveal that i saw coming from the opening scene and that's one of the main reasons why i didn't give a shit about riley or trevor throughout the whole film because i knew the whole thing was just vapid and, and meaningless um so it just it it really is frustrating like i really like the film and i I don't it's all similar ish to doctor sleep not the same thing because doctor sleep had way less shit in it but i remember coming out of that it was like we had that equal frustration didn't we where we were like man if they really hadn't Mm. fucked this ending up this would have been like one of our favorite movies we've ever seen but unfortunately the ending is what it is and then therefore Mm. we had to judge the movie overall and it was still one of our favorites movies of the year um and and kind of with this movie like i still think this movie's awesome or maybe that's a bit strong i i think the movie's fantastic i'm definitely gonna watch it again um and i really think they nailed a lot of the things i wanted but i'm just equally so annoyed and frustrated that i think they messed up the easy part um 
which so many other lesser horror films that we've seen this year nailed of just like oh yeah just get a good protagonist that makes me not want to pour bleach in my eyes every time they're on screen um mm, unless that was the, unless that was the intention in some sort of twisted game yeah, but unless like you're gonna, unless you're gonna kill them off like yeah because this this isn't you know bodies 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 or anything like that i don't think it's this like intentional thing because especially the way riley really does just fall into the classic kind of female final girl tropes in in those final acts and she's supposed to be this like strong hardcore woman and i'm like no she's just terrible um so that's written. i think it's just poorly Mm. written because you have these characters so many times in these movies a protagonist that's an anti-hero that's a you know it's a drug abuser they're an alcoholic they're whatever and then they they have moments of redemption and then you root for them and you kind of you know you know this happens in so many different things and it's kind of um i kind of just felt like the writers were like oh that's an easy win like Mm. Yeah, drug abuser that's gonna like have redemption but they didn't write the redemption they didn't write the character <laughs> they just mm. wrote oh yeah they just wrote drug abuser and then just then just moved on and it was like yeah it it, it was just sloppy because it felt like they were going for low-hanging fruit that they still missed yeah um, i completely agree with that and and i think and i think that's you know where the the big frustration is because yeah I, i'm the same as you where i like this movie quite a bit and i was exactly the same like the second the credits were old i was like i really want to watch that last hour again yeah i really do it was it was really banging and it's like it's a shame that like you know it's the closest hellraiser's been in 30 years where i'm like oh i want to watch the whole movie again and it's like no but i do really want to watch that last hour <laughs> mm. yeah i'm 100 percent before like soon gonna watch this again but skip all of riley's scenes and i'm gonna see how long it is and how much i enjoy it because like i really you know roland is like a really good mm. character he's like the only one who's not you know he who's a human who is fun and he feels like that throwback that you need in hellraiser that kind of like comically villainous character yeah. but like he he worked for sure and i think so and the fact that he does play such a prominent role in the finale i think that's the thing is what really saves the movie is that luckily riley disappears throughout Mm. most of the finale and then pops up right at the end to make a choice and that's it so it's really good that the movie kind of goes away from her lets the cenobites do their thing lets the hell priests you know come on screen and look really cool i think and do some like some of the scenes of torture which we haven't really obviously got into for fear of spoilers but i just really liked their take on that stuff Mm. um and it would just give me hope that I, I don't know what they do after this, because as we mentioned before, when, when it comes to these movies that are straight on streaming platforms, it's impossible to tell whether or not this is a success or not. Um, mm. So I'm really curious if there is going to be anything after this, like because uh, I think they've done enough here that I would want to see a sequel because I think that, well, you've nailed the hard stuff. Um, and especially with how it ends with Roland's character, I want to see the Hellraiser 2 to this film um and see kind of the pieces and then yeah you just reset the human characters hopefully actually get some bloody good ones this time it's 
genuinely not hard guys like that is the easy part um you know we, we've seen 25 to 30 movies this year that aren't even that good that have fun interesting good protagonists um but you but, but have nowhere near the level of fun horror icons gore mythology and lore with the puzzle box and interesting story and world building as well like all of that stuff is so strong like man I, I don't think i've ever been more mixed on a film ever for this podcast i think i think um, it's doctor sleep is like the last time really you know that was only um, like 15 minutes of the film rather than this yeah, is almost 50 50 on the runtime yeah, it really is and i think as you said you know they, they kind of um you know the what did you say his name is the 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 uh, roland roland like he's like um you know so interesting and and so like even though he is prevalent quite a bit in the finale so mm. underutilized and actually would have loved to have more of a story about him and kind of the, yeah. the rationale and everything and i i had I, I was left wanting so much more from his character um and i i do want to go back on the cenobites as well where i'm like I think they've created such an image now mm. for for them and such like, you know, it's such a drastic change that, you know, does take some getting used to because, you know, we love Hellraiser, so we love how the original looks. Um, but I think that departure is necessary because I think when you look at these horror, you know, these big horror franchises and you look at something like a, you know, Halloween and, and Chucky that, that's just come back and like, those characters look the same as they always have done and they can get mm. away with it. But when you've got a person in makeup in Hellraiser, you have a Freddy Krueger. Like, you, you know, you can't have that person in the makeup for the entire run of this character. So you have to be clever and you either have to, you know, we've seen post Doug Bradley, how they just kind of try to make it look like him. And it's like, no, this is great that it's, it's such a departure. The book is, you know, very open-ended as to the gender of the Hell Priest. And, and so I think it's kind of, it's great that, that like, we can kind of get this reimagining of, of Pinhead slash Hell Priest and then a reimagining of, of all these characters in a very different way. And and that means that, you know, now when, if, if they turn around and say, yeah, there's a new Hellraiser movie coming, I won't be picturing Doug Bradley anymore. I'll be picturing these Cenobites. Yeah. And and like that's that would be the big question then. Like, are they going to return looking like this, or are we going to get some other Joker at the helm? Um, yeah, that's, that's the massive win, isn't it? Of this film, of like yeah. you've you've really pulled off the hardest thing when you look I've at never... all these horror icons it's really hard when you have an actor associated with it mm. you know it's like when, when evil dead tried to pivot away from bruce and they were able to make it work and then with obviously bringing back freddy and it not be robert england and it, it not the character not really working but also the movie being so shit whereas this is like they really nailed the hard part of like now there is a world where we can live in where cenobites and the hell priest work without these cores you know this core actor and this core style um and so that is definitely a huge win that they deserve credit for because i think that we've seen so many misses over the years and then it's always going back to the original it will be like if this movie was awful it will then be everyone calling for doug bradley everyone wanting just a remake you know just remake the original have julian frank story and all of that stuff again and i really don't want that that was another thing i wanted to bring up was that 
I love that this was an original film. The fact that, like, throughout the whole movie, I was sitting here, and you, you may consider this a light spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, I, the whole time I was thinking to myself, this is, I'm really worried this is going to turn out to be either a prequel or a sequel. Um, I was yeah. expecting at a certain point Kirsty to maybe show up in, like, the mental asylum. I know that, like, other sequels might stop that, but I don't, I don't think that's, a re- that's relevant. I mean, look at Jamie yeah. Lee right now. Yeah, um, so I was expecting potentially Kirsty to show up, or with the way this was ending, I was expecting expecting it to somehow end up in the hands of like a young frank or something and i'm Mm. so so glad that they didn't do any of that this isn't a prequel this isn't a sequel it's just a hellraiser film and that's exactly what i wanted them to make so i'm really happy about that element as well um the other thing as well is like there's no humor in this movie which again is something that i notice these days because i do think it's overly used as a crutch in almost all films like now yeah this this was just a horror movie yeah like i get it it's it's fun to have laughs like we Mm. all like that and and like it and when used effectively it can be cool like even in movies that aren't a barrel of laughs you can have that one moment but i like that at no point did this movie try and make you laugh it's a serious horror film um which i really appreciated like so that's another cool thing like i said there's so many things they got right and not i guess so many things they got wrong but it's just big huge glaring issues that they that they really got wrong there's just not a movie in recent memory where there's such a big pro and con list and the pros no, like feel because this is almost you you feel like those internet commentators that think mm. everything's either a one out of ten or a ten out of ten and this is one of the rare occasions where it's not that but it, i really feel yeah. like it's opposite ends of the spectrum it's not like the difference between a four and a seven it really is the difference between like a two and a nine like oh, it's... yeah well it really is because i i genuinely think that that the things that i didn't like if they could make them good this would be one of my favorite movies of the year and if, and if they shat the bed with some of the things i liked with the other stuff that i hated mm. i would be saying this is one of the worst hellraiser movies which would be saying something you <laughs> know and so it is it is bizarre that they kind of you know and and, and it gets much closer to to being you know really good and want to you know like i said a movie that i want to keep watching and and just to see those cenobites again and just to see the um you know, as you said about the kills and the way that they kind of use it, I think it's kind of, um, you know, it wasn't just use the chains and do the same thing as with the chains. You know, there, there's a kind of scene with wire that's just mm. like, it's so like, oh, it's just something about wire, man, like in the way that they <laughs> used it, which was just so visceral and and so kind of, you know, you, you just felt it instantly. Yeah. Um, worse than the hooks. Yeah, the the wire was gnarly, and I think kind of like scenes like that were were, you know, really good. And I think what they, you know, I think Riley aside and all the other things aside, like the opening arrow of this movie was was missing that so much. When in the promotional, you know, we didn't just get Hell Priest; we got to see like a lot of Cenobites, mm. so we knew what they were looking like going into this. It wasn't a big secret. So why make it such a big secret when you're watching the film? And, you know, we had at least three kind of scenes where characters got taken by Cenobites, where it happened off screen. Mm. And I just don't know why that we didn't get to see that and, and you know, have those. Because if, if those three scenes have been in the first hour and then I got the second hour of the movie, like, I feel like I'd have just been way more pumped and way more into it. 
the the, the opening scene at the party is a real disappointment mm. because they choose purposely to use the chains which i think is a bad call anyway because i think that you don't open with the chains in a hellraiser movie you open with another cenobite killing someone a, a new and u- a unique way you don't mm. tread on what's already happened in the past so iconically but the fact that they did a chain kill in the background out of focus i know like was talking and the guy is just getting eviscerated by chains in the background out of focus and and that's the opening kill of the film like and i was again i I was like oh i get how they made this bad decision like you can see the train tracks where you're like oh they don't want to show you a chain kill this early so don't fucking kill someone with chains then kill them any other way and show us it it's a horror film it's your opening kill Mm. like there, there really was just so many weird things like that where they and like and the first time you see hell priest as well when she's on that um the uh the little spinny thing in the park i forgot what they're called yeah um like that is again they don't want to show you the hell priest at that point because it's yeah. too early in the film so you get like a glimpse of the hell priest and then they go away and you're like oh it needs to feel cool and special and then later on again it's awesome like that's mm. what's so surprising is in the second half of the movie they don't shy away i was yeah, astounded by how like much chilling. yeah like they're on the screen they're talking away they're they're well lit you can see everything this isn't just like in the shadows speaking for half a second and then gone for another 20 minutes like they're not afraid to show you these people in full makeup talking doing cool shit for the vast majority of the second half of the movie it's just a weird pacing choice to be like yeah we just don't want to show you that right now it's like what why not like it's it's very odd um another small thing i did remember actually that i thought was just a missing element i guess because it was so not even worth picking up on was the music um because mm. there was a lot of talk obviously hellraiser is so iconic with its music and there was a lot of talk about the soundtracks and stuff going into this and i just found it to be really forgettable like i, I just didn't think it was an interesting horror score it was like completely far away I've, I've almost forgot what it even sounded like and i think the potential you know look at what Candyman did where it was like it was a modern take on that original score and it felt like Candyman, but it felt like a modern horror movie as well like i still think about how good that score was mm. um and this i thought this movie was completely missing that did was that something that was noticeable to you yeah well i think it's funny really that the 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 kind of as the end credits goes on they kind of lead into the whole hellraiser original score mm. um, and it was like they were scared to use it but also knew they had it so they were going to use it yeah. and it was like they again they should have just got that out of the way and then and then actually wrote a score because because basically the whole movie was just leading into that music piece and i think yeah as as fantastic as the score is of the original having like precursors for the hellraiser theme is is you know it's not a crazy theme it's not something that you can kind of play with that much and and so it was just very quiet and and the music was just very kind of like playing its cards to its chest because it didn't want to fully go into it until the end credits which is just bizarre yeah this was god i i I really feel exhausted after talking about yeah it was a journey because i i still feel like i haven't fully got across what this film is because i really just don't know like i Mm. i've never been so angry at a movie i really liked ever i think um so i think as i mean as far as recommendations go i i would recommend it because there's so much shit in here that i like and as a hellraiser fan um like I say they're genuinely is stuff that's been easily the best in 30 years and so i don't want to gloss over that however 
as a baseline that is good but then when you compare it just as right now we're just calling this a horror movie release this year that's when it's the problems really start to show um but maybe people won't be as pissed off because this is one of those things where i'm like okay so how would i feel if i didn't absolutely detest riley well i would have fucking loved this film (laughs) and i'm close to still loving it even though i really hated a major element of it so if you aren't as annoyed with this character you probably would have a really good time with it but um yeah i I would still recommend it um even though i am frustrated uh Mm. what what, what would be yours for it yeah i'd still recommend it and i think um it's i I think it's very good for the the casual that that aren't you know that haven't watched multiple hellraiser movies or even two which you should do but like um you know this this is just a cool movie where find a box unleash demons try to not unleash demons anymore Mm. like cool go so i think like they do a really good job of that as well um so yeah no I'd, i'd recommend it you know it's one of them where yeah when when we talk about it for the podcast and you have to delve into it it becomes a headache because there are so many good and bad but when you're just watching the movie and you get to that last hour you're gonna have a real good time yeah um and you're gonna enjoy that for, sh- for sure yeah it speaks volumes i'm definitely gonna do it um mm. soon because I, I even now just talking about it i want to remember those good scenes and i want yeah. to see those cenobite scenes again um like maybe we'll talk about spoilers at some point because there's so much that, especially like i really want to talk about chatterer which we haven't even mentioned um, i know but yeah, there's there's just so much in this. Like, I think that's the thing. There is a lot in here, and and a lot of it is very good. Um, so yeah, it's I, I am happy overall, even though I might may not sound it. <laughs> I am coming out of this being like, yeah, m- maybe I don't know. Maybe I wanted more, and I think that's the thing. It's just I, it was so close. Like ima- imagine if they hadn't have messed up the things that they did we could have we could have had a hellraiser movie as like a real contender this year which which i don't think yeah. would have happened in a million years i really didn't think that no. um but but david brockner made another good horror movie so mm-hmm. and that was the thing going into this where i was like he's not made a movie i haven't liked um to some extent so and i actually like this probably more than the night house even though that's probably controversial um did, what, what would, do you have a favorite right now or is that too difficult to compare the two um i don't know Certainly i think there's way more problems in the night house no question <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i like the night house quite a bit yeah it's good the night house needed 30 more seconds and it would have been a absolute banger of a movie whereas yeah, this movie needs a new 40 minutes so yeah. you know just just that as a as a summary is why night house would be my pick yeah it needs the protagonist from that film (laughs) and then it'd be great um but yeah that was our very long and very confusing conversation on hellraiser Uh, we will take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, there, there, this wasn't the only horror icon that returned this week to no, the small screen. I know, I feel, I'm like, oh my god, we've got to talk I'm about Chucky exhausted. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, I mean, so how when we talk about TV, I guess we just throw up a spoiler warning from the get-go, because it's very hard to talk about TV. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it is, you know, spoiler conversation for Chucky and any subsequent TV that we talk about. 
Yeah, so obviously this is the first episode of season Ooh. two, which has now started. Um, I just want to go straight to your thoughts because um, I don't really want to talk about how I felt about it. So how did you think about this first episode? Um, I was surprised when it when it started, like literally straight <laughs> off the bat from season yeah. one. That was mad, yeah. And then, and then we kind of got like... You know, th- this whole episode was basically a setup for what the season's going to be going forward. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it was a fun transition to that. I think kind of, you know, it was a fun way to get reintroduced to these characters again. We got some Chucky, um, you know, and and it set up what the season's going to be. I think kind of, um, there there was a big void in the movie where we we didn't have Chucky in the movie in the in the in the episode where you know we got a lot of chucky at the start and we got a lot of chucky in at the end but in the middle it was kind of a lot of just kind of jake and and devon kind of moving apart and jake building this new life and kind of that side of things which i was kind of like okay i need some chucky now um i really enjoyed the whole kind of phone call conversation that that Mm. um jake had and and kind of devon and then kind of when lexi um her little sister like let in the trick-or-treater for a wee and everything like that that was kind of like it, it felt like prime scream where it was like the killer's gonna chucky's gonna pop up somewhere but where because there's all of these different scenarios unfolding where he's like he knows jake's at home alone he's fucking with devon but there's also been someone let into lexi's house like you know where is the killer going to jump out of and i thought i thought that it did a really good job of that where i was like oh my god this this feels like if chucky did scream for like 10 minutes there mm. um so yeah like i i enjoyed it um i think um with with kind of chucky now i'm almost like I need everything all the time where i'm like where's where's my jennifer tilly where's my where's my fiona where's <laughs> Where's, um, uh, you know, Bride of Chucky? Like, I know we got her at the start a bit, but like, yeah, you know, yeah. Where, where is Tiff the doll, and where is Jennifer Tilly the human? You know, and all of these different things. Where I want like ten characters all at once, and and you know they're gonna, they're obviously gonna give us those slowly because you know you can't have ten characters on screen at every given moment. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a good start, and I think kind of them being in this you know children's home for the the kind of you know correctional facility kind of going forwards is is fun that that's kind of like you know kind of like a child's play three where you know they they can have a lot of kind of pretty much all the kids can see chucky dolls and all of the people in charge just won't believe them Mm. so you know that harkens back to child's play three also kind of a cult of chucky and kind of, you know, they can have some real fun with that, which I think is which could be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I do think that this was the transition episode. Um, and I think that it was a transition the show needed because season one was mental. Like, it's so crazy just how much shit happened. And, you know, I talked about it a few weeks ago about how, like, most of their parents are dead and, and a lot of the people in this town are dead. And, like, how are they really going to recover from this? And it it's the problem with having them so young is that they couldn't just move away and like live in a house together or something. Cause it just isn't viable. Um, 
so they had to come up with this new structure for the season which i think could be fun and like i say i'm glad we got there at the end of this episode but it is as you just mentioned it's an extremely familiar setting for for a chucky thing um Mm. i like all those things you just mentioned i'm sure it will be fun um but it is like oh we're doing this again it's gonna feel smaller as i guess one takeaway like chucky season one felt surprisingly big there was a lot of spinning plates a lot of characters you know a lot of new characters that i really liked a lot of which got killed um and different stuff going on at the school um at different locations the hospital episode all that stuff and i do feel like we're probably not going to get that this year i mean again that's just purely speculation but as far as the actual episode i i didn't the one part i do disagree with is i didn't think it was a fun transition i thought it was a pretty boring like transition um starting with andy and that kind of big cliffhanger it getting resolved within like 30 seconds but not really getting resolved like oh all the ch- all the dolls got destroyed but andy's body's missing oh and some of the dolls survived but we don't know how many I, that was frustrating to me and was in a very much an annoying tv trope of like I yeah say, you- i think i think that's the thing like it's so tv-ified where it's like okay cool yeah we season one ended on a cliffhanger we can't have a conclusion of that because we've got to make an entire season now so okay cool jump off a cliff you know yeah so that was like you know i was kind of so used to it i'm I'm unaffected (laughs) yeah it it was annoying and especially the fact that he just straight up killed the uh the tiff doll as well i was like oh okay are are we just not gonna have the tiff doll because that was like a big a nice cool reveal at the Mm. end of last season that uh, you know something that was missing from the last season that was a cool new element for this year and you could have a lot of tiff doll on screen which we haven't had in years at this point you know multiple entries um so that's weird and then i found um jake and devon to be odd like i i gave them a massive pass in season one because they were going for this young awkward first love story and i thought it worked Mm. but now they're together so so it should shouldn't feel as, as awkward as it does and and i now i'm thinking that the, these actors just don't can't really get across like a relationship well on on camera because i'm like that you should be over that awkward phase now and i still find yeah, they, them like they, uncomfortable and awkward felt, on screen they felt awkward as a couple like they yeah. felt like they didn't want to be doing it exactly um, and like, like i said to me i i i was allowing that in season one because mm. i was like well they're they're, they're finding yeah, they're each other and their feelings and, and unsure yeah. and everything else you know but but no it just it to me mm. it didn't fit and so so none of that stuff work i still really like lexi but she needs something to do um because her and junior were awesome in season one and i think junior in general was fantastic Jun- junior um, was great i do miss junior yeah, like i just i at this point i'm like i'll oh, just bring him back like i don't care what it takes it's like i'm so beyond caring about the minutiae of the story um like there's a there's a they mentioned bride of chucky in this episode as like a <laughs> film and like, i don't even want to begin to unpack what that means in this universe because we already have like jennifer tilly you know tiffany the character is in the actress jennifer tilly's body in the established law now yeah. bride of chucky i mean i guess that makes sense where if you just go okay jennifer tilly was in jennifer a film tilly called was, chucky yeah. but that's yeah. but that's it like the sequel to bride of chucky curse of chucky where she gets her body that doesn't exist in this canon i guess no, like that happened in real life in this canon exactly i, I guess it makes perfect sense like everything <laughs> I love chucky it. does i love it so much but that's I, I why really i don't do. care because it's just fun like that sort of stuff i love but yeah I, I want i needed more fun and i didn't get enough fun in this it was a lot of it was very 
downbeat because of the the stuff that happened and it was almost like too much of a serious take where like they were like oh yeah we need to deal with you know i joked about it on the podcast a few weeks ago of like oh yeah these characters lives have been completely ruined and they did show that like properly where they've got these new foster homes and they're not happy and blah 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 and i'm like oh yeah like you've actually almost gone too realistic with this where this is the sad reality of, of the end of season one and it sucks um but it's not fun right now so i yeah i didn't i thought it was definitely it would be my least favorite episode of chucky across all the episodes so far but i i agree with you that it was clearly a transition episode um so i hope that they, they the next one needs to be good like they need to get it back to its roots and just have some fun chucky kills and some good character work and also hopefully we're going to get like at least half a dozen new characters i'm hoping you know in this kind of new setting um because this, this, this new characters boy, doesn't it yeah the boy that lexi spoke about that yeah. like was mean to her that got locked away like he's clearly going to be prevalent and like it'll yeah. be interesting to see like is he going to take, you know, the, the mantle off junior to be this, the new kind of, you know, fun character. And especially to give Lexi someone, something to play off as well. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like, uh, obviously we'll be watching it again this week. So I'm always mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Hopefully it will be better. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, there's. I did watch another TV show. I will just touch upon because uh, I've spent many, many hours watching it in the past week, um, which I know you're a fan of. Um, I didn't watch not just one, not two, not three, but four episodes of Rings of Power. Nice. Um, oh, so yeah, I've watched good. five now. So I've only got a couple to watch, and then obviously it's the finale this week. Um, which yeah, I'm really glad I watched it like this. Like I, as I said before, like to me, the best way to watch this would have been to forget about it for five years, mm-hmm. and and then just watch it all in one go. But the second best thing would be to do what I've done, which is wait until it's all out and then watch it in a week because it's very slow and it's a show that I don't expect things to happen. If that makes sense, like I'm not watching it for the narrative to be uh, driven forward. Uh, that's why I was different to you. Where for me, it was just like every week I got to spend an hour mm. in Middle Earth, and yeah. that made me happy. And I'm like, oh, okay, that for sure, cool. Like in this episode, they discover a hilt that looks a bit <laughs> menacing. Cool. Yeah. Like whatever. I w- I was just happy to see elves and half half limbs and you know people just fucking around dwarfs just mining being like pieces of shit to elves like yeah that's great the the dwarves are fantastic i really like the show i think it's great i think it nails most of the things i wanted out of it which is yeah it feels like lord of the rings a lot of the characters are great it's it, the, the one thing is i think the cast is a very mixed bag because i think some of the cast is good and well one of the cast members is clearly exceptional um which is Morfed, which it like mm. it's so good to see her but it is funny because god she stands out like a sore thumb in the show like she she's just so much better than everyone else <laughs> yeah <she laughs> really I'm like, oh, it's, it's really good for you and you deserve it but it like everyone else needs to up their game being in the show with her but um but i do she's, like she's like, like i really star though isn't she like yeah, she's absolutely amazing like, she need to do after this because like i'm so glad that we got to see her in something so crazy because she, she's gonna be such a star like yeah. i've never been like i've not been more confident of that like since like anya when we first saw her 
definitely and yeah it's she's done. so good um but I, I there is a like i really like the guy that plays elrond um i really yeah. like him i really like i think it's durin the kind of dwarf that we're seeing a lot um and definitely the back and forth between elrond and him is the best thing it's so good and and all the dwarves are fantastic um i think definitely the the thing i don't like the most is the harfords um, yeah yeah they're they're, they're... I like I quite like the world they're building with them, but I just don't mm. like any of the characters. I don't like the choices they've made with the characters. Yeah, they're just they're way too goofy. I think Lenny Henry's awful. Yeah. Um he he is way he's just too famous. Like for people in the UK, Lenny Henry is Lenny Henry, and so I can't he takes me out of trying to believe this is a world every time I see yeah. his face. Because yeah, well, he's not an actor to me. He's T V personality Lenny Henry in an Amazon show. Um so he just completely takes me out of it every time I see him. Um uh, and yeah, a I couple was of the ones with the choice they made in a later episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and, and like even their story with like oh what's going on with this giant it, it was interesting to begin with but now i've seen five hours of it and and nothing's happened which is starting to become frustrating which again i get that that's the show. Now. i guess yeah, he did like a little spell after five episodes or something <laughs> but, say, like tree um, now and stuff and point at stars yeah. The the orcs are incredible. Like oh they, they nail and the oh way they God. look. I, I love that they get the shit talkery level about orcs. Like it's so good. Um, where mm. they just they just say these funny little quips to each other, and I I love the personality the orcs have, and they really nail that. Um, I like the elf dude who was kind of like um imprisoned by the orcs and all that scene when he breaks out. Like yeah, there's some there's some really good stuff in this. Like I'm liking it more than I probably thought I would. Hence why I I kind of binged it in such a quick period. I'm, yeah i'm looking forward to watching the rest of it now like i'm curious where it's gonna go i am surprised at how much lord of the rings stuff is in it i guess yeah. like stuff from the trilogy you know the fact that Isildur is in this mm. um is weird and like i don't think his character is good at all so far like he's only interesting because we know that name from lord of the rings everything else he's done in the show i don't find interesting at all so far um but um and and I love the stuff with like the the Southlands them building because that's that, they're turning that into Mordor, right? I mean, that's what it seemed like, doesn't it? Yeah, which is because like the second because obviously she um, Galadriel has like the symbol of Sauron, which he's been tracking, but then she I realizes mean, that it's actually the map of the Southlands, and I'm like, oh, it looks just like the Mordor map, so it, it must yeah. be right, which is so cool. Yeah, I, I, that's what I ascertained, kind of at a similar point to what you did. Obviously, I've seen yeah. more than you. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, the, like that, um, you know, that, that was super interesting to, to kind of, yeah, see this kind of, because obviously all of these places, every you know, we're not seeing Rivendale, you know, the, mm, the elves are somewhere else and yeah, we're, you know, we're, you know, yeah, all of these places. And it's like, now we're starting to like peak because we are in middle earth. Like they are, mm. they will one day, Rivendale will one day be there somewhere. So we're we're slowly starting to map out like where things are and like, you know, where the dwarfs might be, where, where all of these places are. So yeah, it, it's cool. And yeah, yeah obviously, is, if you look the, at, if you look at the map of middle earth, Mordor is super East. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the thing that obviously, um, Elrond went with the dwarves to like build and, and, you know, they've got the help of the dwarves and they need to build to stop like the corruption and all that stuff. Yeah. The Mithril. Yeah, what what do you know what do you know what they're building after five episodes, or is that something that you wouldn't have known at that point? 
Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to hard to remember at this point. I don't know if that's something like an iconic like location or something, but because yeah, because that was a bit confusing. Where it's like, oh yeah, our trees dying, because that's the whole thing about elves is that they live forever. But then they're like, oh, oh no, sorry, sorry, yeah, I know what you mean there. Yeah, well, because that's what um, oh, it's just hard for me to go into stuff. But I think like with with that, obviously, we know that they're you know they're they're mining Mithra, and the elves need that to kind of. Yeah to repair the tree and and that's when i suddenly clicked that like in lord of the rings obviously um um live live tyler's bloody character um why am i drawing a blank on her name I know, I forgot as well but yeah she like gives the thing doesn't yeah, she she, aragorn. she gives it to aragorn her star mm. and it's like oh the star so is everyone Mithril. just has that thing to they, kind they, of keep they, them alive yeah like yeah. keeping them alive but you didn't realize that's what it was and then um Obviously, that that is what um, you know. She gave him her mithril because she chooses a mortal life, because mm. they they have the kind of power to to do that. As opposed to yeah, they're not immortal all the time. They have to have that mithril with them, and so this is kind of the origin of that, which is which is cool to see for sure. I do like the place that um, Galadriel has been at. She's just left it at the end of episode oh, yeah. five because like, that's not even in Middle Earth, which is cool. So mm. to see this like different area um, built, you know, from like the history and all that stuff, it's just really cool. I, I like what they're going into and how like all the history of Morgoth. Like I almost wish they would show more of that because it's so cool hearing about the sort of original evil and getting into like how the, a lot of the men sided with Sauron. We're you know we're seeing moments of that now. Like one yeah. of the guys has kind of took a team and he's like sworn his allegiance to the all and all that stuff like it's really good i'm I'm really liking most of it actually so uh i am looking forward to uh seeing the rest of the season um and i hope that it's not a painful wait because uh i was looking it up in the past week how because i I knew that they'd switched obviously massively the production for season two you're moving it all from new zealand to the uk Mm. um and so i wondered how much that would kind of slow things down but i know they've literally started production like on set production this week um so you know i hope it's not more than a year because that's just the thing with tv like Mm. It really, like, like, I think I mentioned it on the show, the thing about Andor and how, like, there's going to be a season two and it's going to come out in two years. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, and, like, now when I think about it, I'm like, man, I can't believe I waited three years for Stranger Things. Like, it's just, it's such a ridiculous wait for these for these seasons of TV shows. With, with this, though, it's such a big budget. And when you look at it, mm. like, you just, you wonder how long the wait's going to be because, obviously, there's only one more episode left now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, like... There, there is so much shit to get resolved, and oh well, this is going to be close to being resolved. That's no, the thing. <laughs> exactly. But, but they they tease something at the end of the last episode that is like it's it's got it's, it's tantalized me so much. It's like mm. as I you can't do that. You can't do that just before the finale because there's no way you're going to give me what I want like in one episode now. And um, like it's great, but like I just. I'm already hungry for way more than one more episode, which is which is a mm. great place to be. Yeah, I'm really curious if because this show is called The Rings of Power, mm. and uh, I haven't seen any rings yet in five. No, episodes, no one gives a shit so, about uh, the rings. Mate. I'm really <laughs> curious going to be like in season five. It's <laughs> the thing. I'm like because yeah, like 
obviously a lot yeah, of our history that, no rings are getting made in, in this in this season <laughs> like a lot of our background i guess on this era and anything pre-lord of the rings is like the prologue in lord of the rings you know mm. where we see like Isildur and all that stuff and so it's very hard to gauge where you are in the world of like are we close to like the original rings being created or are we thousands of years away like i really have no idea um yeah well the fact that Isildur's there makes you know you know it's in his lifetime and he's a human so that's what I thought, right? Well, he, yeah, he, so he we must like be there. Before the first, and, you know, that's what like... I was because that's why I was getting confused because I thought I had that same thought as you. Where I was like, oh yeah, well Isidore's an adult, and he's when he's like no with Elrond, but, you mm. know, in Mordor. So I'm like, oh okay, they already had Sauron, they had the One Ring, they had Mordor, like all of that stuff was established as Isidore as an adult, and he's already like a young teenager at this point. So it must happen soon, unless he's suddenly found the gift to immortality, which to be fair isn't that difficult to find in this world. That's so... really attainable in, in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> You know? yeah um, um but yeah it's good good stuff man yeah it's a lot of fun really like it it's definitely one of my favorite tv shows of the year for sure yeah me too um, and uh but there's like i've been watching an obscene amount of tv like it's just <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insanity like obviously we're in a world now where um midnight club is out and we're not even talking about it right now <laughs> no i need I, know, um, I need to watch that and i'm that del toro thing's just gonna come out at some point yeah, and i'm really looking forward to that as well it's disgusting um, I do want to. I know you got your upcoming, but I I did watch two movies that I wanted to kind of <laughs> briefly mention. One was just Terrifier to get ready for Terrifier Two, which nice. obviously you touched upon already. But um, yeah, I don't. I didn't enjoy it as much as I had in my head that I enjoyed Terrifier, but I still mm. obviously it's batshit crazy. Like like you said, it it's it, it's kind of it's a train wreck. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> It's just a load of cool kills and art looking very creepy and then just mm. a load of nonsense. Yeah. Um, like the opening scene, I completely forgot about the opening scene. with like yeah, the, the, the closing the, scenes are so weird. Like, so weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched it. It's a thing. And now we're going to get nearly two hours of art again. Why not? Did you say um, nearly two hours? Nearly three hours. <laughs> oh, nearly three hours. Because the first movie is short as hell. <laughs> Yeah, it's like under 80 minutes. It's crazy. And then they went, sequel, 2 hours 20. <laughs> yeah, combined now, it's like two films. Exactly, um, yeah. But I also watched a 80s horror movie for the first time, Ooh. which is always always worth uh, always worth mentioning. Mm. Um, I watched The uh, Toxic Avenger. Oh, nice. I want to watch that. For the first time. And <laughs> I, had a, I had a fucking blast. Oh, I really um, want to watch it. It was it was real good. There's a there's a Blu-ray that came out. Um, oh shit! I can't even see it on my shelf right now. Um, who are the other guys? There's <laughs> like, um, <laughs> is it the people that did the Troll Collection? I think so. Not Second Sight, um, but oh, that's gonna annoy me now. Go have a look. Um, I can't remember what it is. Just Google it. Yeah, I can't find it now. But um, was it the un- uncut nuclear edition? Is that the what you've got? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Toxic Avenger, like it, it, it kind of it lived up to the bill, really. Where I'd kind of, you know, we we saw a trauma movie kind of for the first time at um, Fright Fest, and kind of it, it just wetted my whistle to want to see kind of the the origin of it. And so I thought, what better place to start than than Toxic Avenger? And um, 
it, it was it was all that I hoped it would be, and maybe even a little bit more. Where mm. it's just like it's so over the top. The characters are so hilarious. Like it's kind of like these two jocks and these two women, and this one jock is like just roided out of his head the whole movie. He just he he's just screaming at the camera the entire movie that he's on screen. Just like he he's absolutely brilliant. And then I think um, the actual kind of um, story behind the Toxic Avenger and kind of the you know how he's made and then how we kind of get to see him do do his thing and he's still trying to have a normal life with this you know hilarious consequence and stuff. It's all really funny. The the mayor character that's in it as well. He is just like this this human being that I don't know how he can exist. He's just like sweating. It's like this giant dude. He looks. <laughs> He makes John Candy look like really skinny and <laughs> and just like he's just like profusely sweating in every scene that he's in. Um, and like to the point when I was like, I mean, I did literally have to look it up. I was like, this guy, I don't think he was in much. And then, and then I looked it up and it was like, oh, yeah, he died of a heart attack when he was 44. Like, OK, he went he went hard and fast, that guy. But but. But it, but it looked hilarious in Toxic Avenger, so there is that. Um, but yeah, the movie the movie was really fun, and and I'm scared now. <laughs> I am scared because I've now seen two trauma movies, and I really like both of them. So I'm like, well, so I, I guess I continue, right? <laughs> I've, I've got one for you um, okay. because I had seen one before, um, which I now know that I've looked up, so I remember the name. It's Terra Firma, um, which is from 1999, and yeah, I saw this one years ago and it's i i really liked it it was just super dumb super goofy it's very meta because it's kind of about the making of films and there is all these different references to toxic avenger and stuff but um yeah i really liked terra firma but i i need to go and see like the one because that is obviously the one when it comes to, to trauma films um obviously there's like many sequels there's there's a remake that has been really close to getting off the ground for a while um so i'm curious if that's ever going to come out because that'll be a fun one for us to cover um definitely but yeah it's good it's one of them as well where i'm like oh there's like there's like multiple toxic avenger movies it's like how far (laughs) how far (laughs) down that rabbit hole do i go do i do i just try to get trauma movies and and go through those but like i feel like this journey definitely isn't ending here because because i definitely enjoyed that one um nice. it was 88 films by the way oh yeah um that, that put that out and so yeah it was it was a really nice kind of presentation you know and there's some good features there's kind of um uh a couple of introductions and that sort of thing and and yeah so it's, it's, a, it's a decent blu-ray it looks good as well um, yeah i was gonna say there would be some good special features because it is like absolutely a cult classic at this point like... yeah i gotta be honest as well like as someone that, that loves horror like i've definitely just been like away from kind of you know the trauma movies and and kind of um that whole subsection and and the fact that like i because i was genuinely surprised when i like picked this up and i looked at it and was like hang on this is a fucking 80s film like I, I genuinely didn't think they were had been around that long. Like I don't know why, foolishly, and like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, of course they talk about like, I've I've heard them talk about like thirty plus years or whatever. But I've just like, how have I never come across one of these before? 
Yeah, it's weird. I've always been aware of them, and I always knew about Toxic Avenger for for a very long time. Um, but I've never seen that one. Whereas, yeah, I've, I definitely saw Terra Firma. I feel like there was another one in the sort of two thousands that I saw as well. Um, yeah, I, was I don't even know. Newcom High, because that's the other one I've had. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I've seen that, or maybe there's like a recent like Toxic Avenger four or something I might have seen. But yeah, I definitely haven't seen like the ones that they made their name on. Because yeah, that that is the weird thing of the, they feel like a modern company that is aping an older style. Yeah. when actually they're just still making the same types of exactly. movies that yeah, I, that, that's exactly right and that's exactly why in my head even though like the, the second i think about it i'm like oh yeah no they, they always talk about like being around for ages or whatever but they feel like they are a modern company harking on 80s horror but, mm. but yeah that they're just they just haven't changed and you know don't go changing <laughs> i don't blame them yeah, it's just like Terrifier, isn't it? That's kind of what we thought of. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They, they're going for that style, but like, no, they've been doing it. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we we got so much to look forward to. Next week, we're back in the cinema for a little bit of uh, It All Ends, Halloween Ends. Um, oh, which, yeah, I really hope it. I, I, I like, I know it's I've... Been, uh... It's been a topsy-turvy episode and... <laughs> 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 I was just going to briefly say that I know I've enjoyed um, I definitely enjoyed how bad last year's one was but I want it to be good I, I genuinely mean that um, like I, I'm paying to I'm paying to see a Halloween movie like, I want it to be good um, you know because I don't think I can sit for a movie as bad as last year's one even though I got entertainment value from it from, from being proven right but uh, that's just another point um, but after that, apparently we got more horror cause, uh, in the cinema um, because there's a movie called Piggy, which was at Fright Fest um, and got a really good reception. It's a foreign language movie, I believe. But that's scheduled like it's on the Odeon app already for the week after Halloween ends. Um, and then the week after that is what Empire reported as the Barbarian UK release date. Um, so who knows? But Empire are a very good source. They should know about British film. Um, so hopefully that will be there. And then obviously on the demand um vhs will be out you know i think it's the weekend piggy comes out um so i really want to see that on shudder obviously at some point we'll see terrifier too like it's i don't know for certain when that's out um over here it just came out in in limited the uh, theatrical run in the states um and then the other one is a uh, dead stream which is i think it's now available on shudder um which again was at Fright Fest, and we were gonna do a show on it a few weeks ago, um, but didn't get round to it. But really, seems like up our up our street in terms of the style of horror movie it is, you know, a modern t- type of horror movie with technology and that sort of thing. So I really want to see that, and then yeah, Pearl as well. Like we'll be seeing that hopefully in mid November. So that's seven horror movies right there yeah. that um that is on the agenda. So th- like, it's know, not so we've, we've, it's great. You know, we've got Marvel just chucking out horror movies, so yeah i do want to see that weird thing like i, I it, have you seen it i have seen it now <laughs> okay that's, i was just gonna the, the one question i will ask and then because we've gone so long but like mm. we do what because obviously i haven't seen moon knight and the other shows is that a problem Nah, you're good okay cool. like it's, it's I completely thinking, standalone i was thinking like oh this might be a thing where someone like moon knight would show up so if it is a yeah. standalone thing i might check it out because it sounds no cool. like like i'm sure there's like some marvel fan that's like saying like oh yeah but the bloodstone is it from something whatever but like as someone that's just a fan of the mcu movie universe like i'm like this, yeah. this, this is standalone for me okay cool. um but yeah it, it was one where i was like Oh, I want to watch it to see whether, like, I genuinely was like, is this one that we could actually put on the list to be like, do we do a show on it? 
Mm. Um, but it, but it's not like it's it's just a, a standalone Marvel thing that's in this yeah. cool style. Um, but but yeah, um, wish it was more of a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I might get around to it. But like I say, there's just, God, there's so much, isn't there? Like, I I kind of binned off American Horror Stories after one episode, and it's always um, niggling at me. I binned off Andor, and I just I don't think I'm going to go back to that anytime soon. Um, I'm trying to think. Obviously, I'm getting through Rings of Power now. Um, yeah, I'm not doing too bad, I guess, watching Chucky week to week. Andor, um, Andor might be worse than American Horror Stories. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, I just, I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, it makes like, me I've sad because of American Horror Stories, and I'm like, I just kind of like it's just this like shit that that is kind of like <laughs> it's like it's like horror tropes where you could just see what the whole episode is going to be after like thirty seconds, but then I can't help but still watch it, even though it's like, well, I know what's going to happen here, like. It's. I love how as The Walking Dead comes to an end, I think you're trying to find your replacement of a shit TV show. To I watch. just, you know, I need, I need that, like, you know, just, just level of like awfulness. I mean, saying that, Walking Dead's back, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm still uh, watching it. Yeah, I'm still actively watching that as well. You got to be one of like ten people that are still watching at this point. It's mad. Like. It, I I'm, never thought I'm, I'd see the day where people aren't even talking about it anymore, but man, I just don't see a peep about the I'm show I'm genuinely anymore. at this point just watching it to see if my name pops up in the credits. <laughs> because if it doesn't, I'm going to be really livid. I know, I wish there was like an AI or something that could determine like the, the amount of people that have seen every second of Walking Dead. Because yeah, they deserve to be on a list for, the, for good or bad purposes. A list, yeah, um, a list yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um... <laughs> But yeah, we got all all sorts of good stuff to look forward to. I cannot wait. Uh, but yeah, that was episode three hundred and nineteen. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone.